You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everyone, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One as we play matchmaker for some of the notable names coming out of Saturday night's UFC Fight Island 5 event which saw Corey Sanhagen cap off the night in emphatic fashion against former title challenger Marlon, Marlon Marais. I am Mike Cack. Hope you're all having a wonderful start to the week. And joining me as always on this adventure is the Prince of Positivity himself, your friend and mine, the great Alex K. Lee, AK. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours up north, my man. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yes, this uh, it, it is it is Canadian Thanksgiving today, so I hope everyone enjoyed their long weekend. Uh, and it's probably still enjoying their long weekend, but uh, please, everyone, drink responsibly, drive safe, and uh, social distance, for goodness sakes. Again, it may be too late to warn people, Mike, but uh, happy Thanksgiving again, of course. But uh, we are we are in a, you know dealing in, in, the, in the aftermath of another event. Uh, and I don't just mean the UFC event. I mean a seismic, almost life-changing event. You know, this, I feel like there was a world before... Joaquin Buckley's spin kick KO, and we are now post, post JB. I don't know A AJB. I don't know what you want to call it, but uh, it's, everything just feels different. I just woke up this morning. And I was like, man, it's just I I I don't know what to do with myself now. But uh, we'll talk about Mr. Buckley a lot more later because uh, it was a great card overall, and I think uh, a lot of people deserve our our matchmaking attention. Yes, and there's a seismic shift to the MMA world as we know it, and because of Joaquin Buckley, there's going to be a bit of a seismic shift to this particular episode of the show, and we'll get into that in a little bit. So let's start things off with the main event, AK Corey Sanhagen being the Sandman, living up to the moniker, knocks out Marlon Marias with a spinning wheel kick in the second round. It was just the perfect way to end a really entertaining card. It was the biggest win of Sanhagen's career. He has put himself right back into the title picture. He won't get a title shot, of course, unless a lot of craziness happens because of the loss to Aljamain Sterling. But, you know, the, the, the man who rightfully deserves that shot is uh, Aljamain Sterling. But AK to me, I, I say give the man what he wants. I'm going to make this short and sweet and easy. I love the TJ Dillashaw idea. This is steak sauce, bro. That's the A1 option. And if TJ isn't ready to come back in January, February-ish, Frankie Edgar works for me as well. But Sanhagen Dillashaw, 
just scratches me right where I hit JK. What say you? Yeah, there's there's no other there's no better option. I mean, we're only we're only three months away from uh, 2018 in January when TJ Dillashaw will be returning from uh, what was a two-year suspension uh, for for after testing positive for EPO. So uh, the timing works out. I don't see why Sanhagen would want to fight before that again, unless of course other you know uh, Alzheimer Sterling should become unavailable and Peter Yan uh, needs a needs a new a uh, new challenger. But uh, uh, the TJ Dillashaw fight makes sense not just because of the timing. On paper, it's a great matchup. Of course, there's shades of Dominic Cruz in uh, Corey Sanhagen, which, you know, uh, and shades in TJ Dillashaw as well. So you kind of get a, a, a rematch of uh, Dillashaw and Cruz, which uh, which I don't I don't know if we're going to get that now. So you, this is kind of our proxy version of that. Uh, and it, it's he like credit to Sanhagen because, yes, he he laid it out perfectly for us. You know, he said I, I, uh, I he said, I think Jan Sterling should happen. Uh, he said post-fight that if, uh, you know, something should happen, I'm willing to step in, which is great. His name is in there now, you know. I don't think it would be unreasonable for him to become the third or fourth understudy for a title shot right now. Like, if, if he fought, uh, if he was booked to fight Peter Jan at some point, I think he'll be like, yeah, he's he's worthy of it, just not right now. Um, we, we mentioned, yeah, Frankie Edgar uh, or Dominic Cruz, but I I feel like they should fight each other. I think we're in agreement that we all want to see that fight. And, uh, that, and let's not forget that you know, Sanhagen was kind of supposed to fight Edgar earlier this year, I think in January. And then uh, Edgar was pulled from that fight to fight Zombie as a replacement for Ortega. So this whole convoluted thing. But I think he's kind of moved on from that matchup with that win over uh, Marais, which, again, was sensational. It's funny that we're that that's the KO that would have gone viral last night if it wasn't for uh, for Joaquin Buckley and the UFC not uh, sharing clips of their main card uh, knockouts. But yeah, T.J. Dillashaw, what else is there to say? Yes. And it's nice to to hear some some realism from our main event winner like mm. like alexander rakic was shouting at the rooftops for a title shot at 205 before <laughs> blakovich and and reyes and all the other crazies i'm like what are you doing like th- that performance is not that great Corey sandhagen has a ridiculous performance one of like the best finishes ever at 135 pounds and he's just like you know what i think sterling should get the title shot i'm there if you need me but I, I like that. I, I like when that happens. It's uh, it, it's not crazy. We're not making fun of him. We're actually praising him for yeah. for his post fight comments. Now, a little more tricky. We have Marlon Marias, who has lost two of his last three. He was finished in both of those losses. He has the win over Jose Aldo, a win that most people frown upon because they don't agree with it. And I I think AK that that's a reason why the betting odds went in the direction that they did because Marais did open as like a minus 135 favorite and that line swung real quick. People just have that, I don't know, disrespect isn't the, the correct word, but I think Marais was kind of being, yeah, maybe disrespected is the right word in this in this scenario, but it turned out that the odds makers are right, the people were right, swinging that line. What do we do with Marlon Marais following Saturday night? Well, Mike, if you're of the camp that thinks that he did lose the auto fight, uh, then technically I guess he was heading into this on a two-fight losing streak, again, in the eyes of some, which explains the odds. Uh, though, he, like I said, he opened as the favorite, then it swung, so I'm not really sure what happened uh, in, during that time period. But so, some people might think Marlon's on a three-fight losing streak. I don't look at it that way, but I, I get it. We can agree maybe his, his last two performances were not uh, overwhelmingly in his favor as far as public image goes. So... Uh, if you're if you're in that mindset, I thought of some promising names. Um, if you feel like you really have to bump them back, I don't love any of these. Uh, Song Yadong, uh, the Cody Stamen, Murad Valjvili winner, or Marlon Vera. If you're looking for some Marlon on Marlon action, but that fight could happen sometime down the road. I think the one that makes the most sense, and this was suggested by Jose uh, Jose Youngs on Twitter, Pedro Munoz. 
He's coming off that loss, a close, good competitive loss to uh, Frankie Edgar. They're both, they're both should still be, you know, in the top five, top six, top seven in there somewhere. And uh, a win, whoever gets that win, keeps themselves in the title picture. Good style matchup. I, I, I'm, I'm down with that. I, I didn't want to overthink this one too much. Those who have followed me in any capacity over the last, I don't know, three years or so, you know how much I've wanted to see Marlon Marais versus Dominic Cruz. And I still want to see it, even though we saw a variation of it already. But I also understand that Frankie Edgar would probably have to get the Sanhagen fight for that to even be possible. So I will wave my white flag in the air as of right now on this Marais versus Cruz fight. Because unless something wild happens, it's just not going to happen anytime soon. And it makes me sad. Yes, there's the Pedro Munoz matchup, and that should probably be the answer here. I mean, you could do Rafael Sunso, but I'd probably favor Marias pretty heavily in that fight. And, like, the only other name in there that it's kind of a long shot would be the soon-to-be-returning Rob Font. I mean, there's 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 plenty of options here. I, I think Marias probably needs a little more time after that knockout. I think Font probably wants to return sooner, maybe November, December. So... Maybe you do Munoz versus Font and do Marais versus a Sun Sao, but any mix of those names works for me, AK. The Marais a Sun Sao trilogy. Is this what you're is this what you're pushing? Sure. This would be the third time and they are one and one, uh, though Marais did beat him pretty convincingly in the in the second meeting, but it could happen. Again, and, and I still have a Sun Sao in my top ten. I know some people say, Oh, he's lost three straight fights, but I think he's done enough that he's 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 fallen, but hasn't fallen that far. Let's keep in mind he was like top three for like a while, and then now he's now he's fallen down. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how far I want to push him back. I could see the UFC again, like I said, going with one of the lower ranked names we mentioned. But I I think he deserves a top ten guy still. I mean, I like the Vera idea. The more I think of it, because Marlon and Marlon, Marlon on Marlon, Marlon. It's a little bit harder to say than say Marlon. Uh, you gotta say it slowly. <laughs> Marlon on Marlon, Marlon on Marlon. <laughs> It's not, it's not Neil on Neil. Like, Neil on Neil not is so Neil. much easier Nothing to is. say. <laughs> so, I mean, listen, 135 is so good. You could put Marais in there with anybody. But, you know, trilogy, the UFC loves trilogy fights. Let's let's do a freaking trilogy fight. Why the hell not? Now, in the co-main event, Edson Barboza, back in the win column. The guy who has fought, like, the toughest strength of schedule maybe in the history of the UFC. Defeats Makwan Amir Khani. He looked great. Gets a win over a tough opponent. He's in good spirits, and we like seeing that. He wants a top five or six guy. I don't know if he gets it, AK. So once again, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. He was scheduled to fight Sadiq Youssef on this card. There were passport issues involved for Sadiq Youssef to, to get to Fight Island, to get to Abu Dhabi. So if he can get to the States and fight, let's get it popping on one of these Vegas cards in November or December. What say you? I agree. The Sodiq Yusuf fight still makes a lot of sense. It'd be an awesome fight. Uh, I, I love seeing that. I love that fight on paper. If you're Barbosa's camp, kind of like what we said with uh, the Sanhagen Edgar thing, you probably feel like, oh, well, this win, now I'm past that fight now. Now I want, again, I'm, I'm 34 years old. Uh, I'm, I'm, I was a competitor. I was a contender at lightweight for so long. I want some, some of that should carry over to 145. Uh, I mean, I'm just, and again, I'm speaking for what I imagine him and his camp are thinking. So they probably don't see uh, Sadiq as a someone who gets them closer to a, to a title shot. They, they probably feel like they're one fight away. I disagree. I'm kind of with you. I'd like to see him fight a Sadiq Yusuf, then fight a top uh, top five, top ten guy, and then maybe sneak into a title shot. But I don't know what they're thinking. So the the matchup, another possibility I threw out there was maybe the the uh, Arnold Allen, Jeremy Stevens winner. They fought on November 7th. But if Allen won that fight, he'd be 8-0, and I think he'd be hunting for his own top five opponent, not necessarily Bobos at this point. So the fight I really want to see 
Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. It would be Yair Rodriguez. Uh, I say it won't happen because I think we're all assuming he's eventually going to get that. Him and Zabit Megamot Sharapov are eventually going to get that uh, that fight locked down. So probably not an option. But that would be my number one choice. I'd love to see him fight Yair. I have Yair in my top five right now. And I think uh, Barbosa should. Uh, that's the one he's looking for. But otherwise, most uh, the other possibility, next Saturday's loser from the Brian Ortega Korean Zombie main event. Maybe. 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 I think he needs another win, one. though. Yeah, I this think he needs another like, I want people to really look at the 145-pound division, like especially mm-hmm. like the bottom half of the top 15 and beyond. It's loaded. Like, There's a lot of talent in that division. Like, Just just calling out and, and trying to get a top five or six guy after one win is going to be nearly impossible. And like, yeah. not even Joaquin... If Joaquin Buckley was a featherweight, he's not getting a top five, top six guy after that performance. It's just... It's just not possible. Like, and, and, and I, I appreciate the gusto. It's just not going to happen. But uh, we do have a, a listener submission, AK, from Mighty Magic Mart. And yes. I want to get your take on this because this probably is going to be an emotional roller coaster ride for you. He says, my on to the next one this week is Barboza versus Ryan Hall. Wow, what a clash in styles and could be a super could be super strange in all the good ways, AK. What do you think about this? Well, the good news is, Mike, that I saw this tweet last night, which means I'm prepared, emotionally prepared to discuss it. <laughs> the bad news is I didn't sleep all night thinking about it. So that's so, you know, pros and cons, pros and cons. Uh, thank you at, Matt, at Mighty Magic Mart, a regular listener and uh, and fight suggester. So, uh, yeah, I, I think we mentioned this very, very briefly on the post fight show. I think we said we don't love it for Barbosa. Uh, I believe our own Casey Lyon said, "Look, Barbosa wants fights that he can win." Okay, <laughs> so why would he? Ever, why would anyone ever fight Reynolds? Uh, it would be a very cool class styles. Again, but if you're Barbosa's camp, gosh, I I don't know why you take that. I think Hall has so much more to gain from his name than Barbosa would. He's not going to give Barbosa the fight that he wants. Is it a winnable fight for Barbosa? Yeah, I think definitely. I think it's a very, very winnable fight. And there's going to be a size difference there. Uh, Barbosa, I think defensively underrated as a grappler for a guy who's only considered a stand-up guy. Uh, so in that sense, they, they could consider it. But I, his name, as much as we love Ryan Hall here, I, I do think there's still a lack of casual interest there. I don't know if a win, especially one that might be an ugly win, helps Barbosa out that much. So I think it's a cool matchup, and I'd be down for it. But I'm not one that, that came to my mind at first. Yeah, I think I, think I compared this to... Like a, a woman that you're dating that you really like, but you just said it, you're like 22 years old. Like maybe he's Miss Wright, but just not Mrs. Wright now. I think that's what that fight kind of looks like. I don't think you can make that sure. fight unless they're both like top five guys. But uh, mm-hmm. now this would normally be the time that we would talk about the winner of the featured bout of the evening, Martin Tybora. He defeats Ben Rothwell. Oh. It was a fun fight. However, as we alluded to a couple of different points in this broadcast thus far, there was a certain moment in the preliminary card that stole the show and took the world by storm. And since heavyweight is quite interchangeable, I think I think we're being pretty fair by saying that. We're going to call a bit of an audible here, AK. Is that accurate? Would you like to explain this maneuvering further? Yeah. Look, uh, uh, a lot of praise for March Spurrier, UFC veteran. Big win last night. Very, very strong performance against Ben Rothwell. But, but as you said, these heavyweight veterans, they're kind of, look, we could throw out like five different names that have, uh, of heavyweights that have had seven or more appearances in the UFC. And really, they'd all be of like equally, equal chance of happening. Um, so Martin Deborah, good for him. Three straight wins. Probably moves closer to the top. T- I honestly don't. I can't even talk about this that much. But 
we should not have our show dictated by the capricious main card scheduling of the UFC because with respect to all the fighters who end up on the main card, they're not necessarily main card worthy or relevant names. All right, this is just being this is just being honest, okay? And no disrespect to anyone who ends up. Congratulations if you end up on a UFC main card. But that is their decision making. Our decision making should be based on yes, somewhat card placement, but also performances. And no one had a more talked about performance than one Mr. Joaquin Buckley. So we are bumping him up from the preliminary portion of the show and making him a priority to matchmake. I like your thought process. It makes all the sense in the world. This is like the Aljamain Sterling of on to the next one. It would be a travesty <laughs> if we didn't talk about him and put him in this spot. But mm-hmm. you are a, I mean, you've been a big Joaquin Buckley fan before this unbelievable knockout. The fight with Kevin Holland made you very happy. You were looking forward to seeing what was next. Even though he lost, he was your wild card pick after that fight with Kevin Holland. So he goes out there, has the favorite. Now is the odds on favorite to have the knockout of the year in 2020, one of the best knockouts in UFC history. I'm going to let you lead this one off, sir. What would you do next with Mr. Buckley? Well, uh, fortunately, I apparently, as I was looking back at my notes from previous shows, have already laid down the groundwork because uh, <laughs> Because at first I was like, at first I was like, man, he's in a weird spot where anyone who sees, uh, who saw that highlight is like, this guy must be the greatest fighter ever. And uh, we like Joaquin Buckley, but I think he improved to twelve and six or something, twelve and six, one and one in the UFC. So, you know, we I guess unbeaten guy, solid unbeaten guy, but we can't get too super excited. So, kind of like what we said about Bosa, the obvious thing to do, rebook the originally scheduled Abu Azaitar matchup. That is again a, a fight that I guarantee would probably end in the first round with some insane knockout or or it, it, at some point in the fight that's just not going the distance and then uh my other choice was uh the john phillips uh john young park winner from next week again sort of just using some cars that are clustered together again which would produce an insane knockout but uh what i said last week actually after the the hall madonna show was uh i wanted the winner of buckley uh Kasanganai for disco todorovic uh uh unbeaten guy very very promising prospect not the super thrilling style matchup that people might want but he's got some stand-up power himself so uh, i'm going to be consistent i'm going to stick with what i said last week i said i said disco should get the winner of this fight so let's go to dorovich buckley let's try it out one thing i said a few times during the post-fight show is that this is one of those cards that can carry over in terms of future matchmaking it just lines up in a lot of ways because there, you know, there are there are multiple heavyweight fights or multiple middleweight fights. I would say that Buckley versus Tom Breeze, that makes a lot of sense. Like they're probably around the same wavelength when it comes to to ranking. So that was like my initial my initial thought with this. More the more I think about it, I think Breeze's ground game could be very dangerous for Mr. Buckley. And if I'm the UFC, I'm doing everything I can to give Buckley fun matchups to the best of my ability and put him in there with somebody that will stand in there and just slug it out with him. So my thought, why don't we do Buckley versus Fluffy Hernandez? We get two exciting guys. Both of their recent losses were to the same guy. Both finished by Kevin Holland. Let's let these guys go in there, have some fun, throw them bolos. I think it's a fun fight because I don't want to rush him. The UFC has a tendency of like taking these guys who get highlight reel finishes and are the talk of the town and just throwing them these fights that matchup-wise are just not good. They're not favorable. And I think Dusko Todorovic is a problem at 185 pounds right now. So that's a really scary fight. You know, Joaquin, thank you for giving us like 25 billion video views on social media. Let's give you the 
biggest, scariest prospect in the division right yeah. now. Let's give you Dusko Todorovic. It's my thinking, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's Breeze or Fluffy for me. Just give him someone fun and, and go from there. I can't believe I hadn't thought of Anthony Hernandez. I, I don't know why. Now, I, now I'm upset, one, that I didn't think of that, and two... I, I, I want to pause to clear up what Buckley's record is not 12. I don't know where I got 12 and 6 from. He's 11 and 3 after last time. Very, a very uh, nice number for a prospect. So 11 and 3, I apologize for the for the brief moment of fake news there. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. why. I guess I hadn't looked that far back or, or I have Buckley too high. Buckley now is in my top 40 out wow. of 60, out of, yeah, six, 60 some odd. Uh, middleweight so it's actually not that's not that many so yeah. so he's only kind of in the still in like the, the middle third of uh, of the division but um yeah because i had kasanganai somewhat high so he kind of just takes kasanganai spot um but yeah uh many options ahead for this young man but you're right they should be looking more for in, uh, stylistic matchups that in, can in, make include more buck that can create more buckley moments as i hopefully will soon to come to know them as uh if this is not uh you know not a one and done thing so uh, yeah, I went. I went with. Uh, I went by the numbers. I went by my spreadsheets. My Mick Maynard, Sean Shelby spreadsheets here, and uh, maybe uh, maybe I should have deviated from that from the science. Yeah, the, he's like. This is like a Shane McMahon booking. Like you know, Shane McMahon's got to like jump off the cell or go through a window and just do crazy things against, you know, people you don't think he would hang with. Like that's what we do with Buckley. We just put him in like great fights like that moving forward just i really want to see i really want to fight john phillips so i don't think but i don't think john phillips is beating john young park but i if that happens i really want to see him fight john phillips yeah i'm, I'm in for that at this point no doubt about that so crazy so now let's go to the guy that i thought got the big fat hose job in the bonus department ak drikas duplace he becomes the first fighter to finish marcus perez he does so on two weeks notice he should have gotten 50 g's in my opinion but i think this guy ak is the r absolute real deal so i say we give him a name right out of the gate let's test him against a ufc grizzled veteran how about we do duplassi 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 versus duplassi 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 i will get this because i have a feeling we're going to be saying this guy's name a lot <laughs> Let's do that him versus the dentist, Darren Stewart. A good step up. Stewart didn't look bad in the Kevin Holland fight. He didn't get the, the judge's nod, but Kevin Holland's like, dude, I, I think that was a draw. I think I got 10-8 in that final round. So let's give him the vet test once more. Give him another tough out. He did call for the Kevin Holland fight, which I wouldn't be opposed to either. But I think if he goes out there, beats a Darren Stewart, he can get that fight. That's my pick. What is yours? Yeah, Darren Stewart, uh, definitely a solid veteran at this point in the UFC. 11, 11 UFC fights. That would be his 12th. So I think they're in a, so for me because I meant I bring that up. How many fights he's had? Because I think they're a little bit far apart. But again, I, I, you can you could say that uh, Duplessis has had somewhat relevant, uh, you, you know, UFC level experience prior. Of course, fighting for KSW, being a, a welterweight champion in that division. Um, so for me, I actually liked. Tom Breeze for Duplessis. You said Tom Breeze for me, Buckley. I actually liked him for Duplessis. Uh, Tom Breeze, I, I just, it's funny, I kind of just contradict myself. Also a guy who's had experience in the UFC. But for me, still trying to regain his footing after fighting. I think this was his, this was his third fight since 2016. So for me, he's still in the process of reintroducing himself. Uh, very, uh, very happy for him to compete twice in the, this year. It's, uh, very, it was tough for him. You know, he's had some outside the cage troubles as far as uh, mental health. He's been very honest about it, and I'm, I'm glad he's spoken out about it. Um, but if he's ready to, to you know, to compete, uh, I think this would be a good fight for both of them. Um, that's really the one I feel strong. There's some other random names. I'm not even going to bother mentioning them. The thing that's I'll say is. Uh, I wonder if he returns to welterweight in the future. Um, he can certainly compete at 185, but he's he's only 26 years old. 
He's not a super big uh, middleweight. He's in great shape. He's not a super big middleweight. Uh, if he's comfortable at 185 and, it, and it's it's a much easier weight cut, I say stick around. But I would say um, keep an eye on him, uh, possibly going back to 170 in the future. Yeah, very possible. That's a, that's a very good point. So very bright future for that man in the UFC. I'm excited he's there and knocking out and finishing Marcus Perez is no easy feat because no one else has done it. So I, I, a suggestion that I saw a lot, I actually had a, a buddy text me, he goes, Duplessis versus Eric Anders. I want to see that fight. And I'm like, eh, I kind of want to give him one more win. But then if you really look deep at Eric Anders and, and his string of, of recent fights, it's not a bad matchup. It actually makes a lot of sense. He, Eric Anders is also such a, like, if I, you know, he would love to take that, the, the, the Duplessis thunder. You know what I mean? He's such a guy, like, I don't care what, what, what this guy's record is. I don't care where, what his pre-UFC credentials are. Throw me, you know, because he's, again, Eric Anders, another guy, he's, he had, he's in double-digit UFC fights. He should be a little more picky about his fights, but you know he wouldn't be. He'll, he'll fight, he'll fight. He, well, he fought Machida in, what, his third UFC fight or something? Third or fourth UFC fight? Something like, like that, yeah. He'll fight like he'll he'll literally fight anyone like he just doesn't he just doesn't care and and good for him uh, that's kind of what we like about him. We move to the heavyweight division. Tom Aspinall, who I mean, this is you you hear the term lock of the night. This is like lock of the night times a million in my opinion. No offense to to Alan Bardot, like I, I don't want to like it, it. Just he treated Alan accordingly. That's as respectable as I can put it. Alan Bardot, one probably shouldn't be in the UFC, and two. Shouldn't have been in that fight, but it, it is what it is. It's Fight Island. He was there, and kudos to him for stepping in on short notice and fighting a bright prospect like Tom Aspinall. And Tom made it look easy. Bright prospect in this heavyweight division. Uh, where does he go from that victory, kind sir? Uh, first of all, like I said, props to Bado. Uh, it was obviously didn't have a great showing, but for anyone wondering why we're being so like sounds we're being a little disrespectful, he was literally only on the island to corner Cyril Gan, who fights next Saturday, and just uh, he and happens to I guess be you know happens to be a pro fighter. He is a light heavyweight normally, okay, and he weighed in at 254 pounds for this fight. So. <laughs> To say that he was not in ideal shape and he did the UFC a favor is an understatement. Uh, but yeah, Aspinall took care of business as he should. Um, what's the name that I... Oh, okay. I, I, I don't know why, but I, as I had a little trouble with this one. As soon as I saw the name, I'm like, this is what I want. I want to see him fight Sergey Pavlovich. Ooh. Sergey Pavlovich is an absolute, I think, blue chipper at heavyweight. Uh, he has lost a fight in the UFC, but I think it was against a, a, a more experienced opponent. So... I think this is the right spot for both of them. Not, not really. Neither of them are undefeated. Aspinall now two and zero, but I think twelve and what's his career record? I think ten and two or something. Eleven and two. So, <clears throat> both guys who have had losses before. Both guys who I still think are are uh, future top ten uh, heavyweights. Uh, mainly just because of the fact I think they're both under thirty, which is goes a long way at this at this point uh, with respect to our veterans. Um, but yeah, Sergey Pavlovich. I just want to see it. I'm not sure what Pavlovich is up to now, but that's that's the matchup for me. That's a good fight. I mean, this is. I mean, we're kind of back to the full circle conversation. The man called for Sergey Spivak, who was supposed to fight on this card originally, or he called for, as he said, low key Chris Dacus. So let's get him what he wants. Two guys who each got first round finishes. Dacus puts away an undefeated heavyweight in Rodrigo Nascimento. It did it under a minute. This is a good piece of business. Let's just line these guys up. Both got first round finishes. We can turn them around right away. Okay. Yeah, we had a we had a, another reader submission that's exactly agrees with you. He said, "Yo, Alex, I got you." <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm cutting out some of the words here just because they're superfluous. Uh, check it. Tom Aspinall versus Chris Dacus. Hey, hey, not too bad. LOL. 
uh, shrugging emoji. And I said, yes, it's a little too easy, but I knew that that you would bring that up. And I and uh, thank you at Faded Jays for uh, for the suggestion because it makes a lot of sense, and I think it's it's easy. And I'll I'll bring up something that I brought up in the show last night too. I still think that uh, Dacus maybe goes to 205 instead. So that's why I don't know if this fight happens. Maybe not his next fight. But he came in at 227 for this fight, lost a lot of weight from his fights prior. Maybe, again, maybe he's just looking slim and svelte for for, uh, for heavyweight, you know, again, that speed advantage, speed and agility advantage. But I do believe, I, I, I don't know, the, the, you know, the exacts of his uh, physiology, but I do believe that Chris Dawkins can make 205 if he really goes for it. We shall see. But it, we kick things off on the main card in the featherweight division. What a debut for Aliyah Tuporia. Defeats a surging contender in Yusuf Salal. He did it. In less than a week's notice to boot, by the way. I think it was six days' notice he took this fight, and what a performance that was. This guy is just going to be a problem at 145 pounds, ladies and gentlemen. Just 23 years of age. A lot of promise in this young man. So I'm going to go a little bit outside the box here, AK, because I want, him, I want him to fight a veteran, but I, I don't want to throw him to the Wolves just yet. Like, I... I I want him to face a vet who's going to be very, very tough to put away. I'm making so many faces right now. I, I, I shame this is a podcast. I'm making so many faces. A guy who wants to be kind of a prospect killer in this division. A guy who just took an O from a bright prospect's record not too long ago. Someone who will be very, very hard to get out of there. I'm getting crazy, AK. How about we do Aaliyah Teporia versus Julian Arosa? Oh. I considered it. That's okay. That's not that crazy. I thought you were going higher. I thought you were going like top. Oh, 30, no, no, top no, 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 no. I meant crazy in terms of like, no one's going to think of this, but oh, apparently absolutely. you did. No, he didn't make my enemy. He didn't make my sure. I mean, I, I, yeah. I saw, looked at a lot of names, but uh, no, that, I don't think that's crazy at all. I, I think Julian Rosa makes a lot of sense. Uh, stylistically, Julian Rosa is a problem for a lot of people. He yes. is, he's, he's such a tricky, tricky guy, tricky, rangy guy, uh, which, yeah, would be a very interesting challenge for Toporia, who's kind of this uh, somewhat stocky powerful um 145 or so yeah I, did you have a lot of trouble with this match thinking of a matchup for this guy i did i did, I did. absolutely and... i did <laughs> well this is the kind of thing we were talking about though is like we're like we're talking about putting such an experienced guy on the main card just because it's the ufc felt like having a six fight main card because it could have been i mean they could have put tom breeze on there he's more well known uh more experienced they could have put giga chikadze given a main card spot uh, Tracy Cortez, Stephanie Egger, you know, it's always nice to see a, a women's bantamweight fight in the main card. It doesn't happen that often these days. So it was a little surprised to see Ilya Tapuria in there. So we are, but we are matching him because, yes, he was on the main card and he had a great performance. I went even further. I think I'm even more further out. Uh, I thought about uh, Ludovic Klein from last week. But I know a lot of people are still kind of sour that he missed weight. So maybe just, you know, whatever. We don't worry about him for now. Mike Trezano, I just want to know where he is. I think, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, it's the I, I assume maybe dealing with injuries, but I actually don't know. I haven't heard anything official about that. So Mike Trezano, a former Ultimate Fighter winner. I think most likely, I think which neither of us mentioned and really can't predict, is I think they pair him up with another newcomer, um, depending how quickly he wants to turn around. That's, but obviously that's not that's not a fun thing to predict, Mike. That's not what we do on the show. So I went with a name people probably aren't too familiar with now, but I think would be a good style matchup for him. And I'm going real slow. Nate Maness. Uh, Nate Maness just made a debut. He beat uh, Johnny Munoz. He showed good takedown defense as well as excellent resolve after eating several low blows in that fight. So uh, you impressed me, Nate. You impressed me with uh, with those two aspects of your game, your takedown defense and your uh, groin shot resilience, which I think would be make for a competitive fight against a blue chipper like Ilya Tapuria. Chris Fishgold would be interesting. Yes. Somebody like that. Yep. Um, 
I saw some uh, a couple people suggest Grant Dawson. No, don't even don't even try that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Plus, Grant Dawson was fighting fifty five until pandemic's over. So, yeah, I, I think slow burn. This guy's gonna be real good. He's super young. There's no need to to throw him to the wolves. Like, just don't do that. Let's build these prospects up correctly and uh, and just do it that way. As we head to everyone's favorite segment, AK, it's the wild card round. Now, last mm. week we had a wild card pick come to fruition. The same week as the pick was made. I picked Casey Kenny versus Nathaniel Wood, and sure enough, even though it was kind of, you know, misreported at first, we got it on October 24th. You had UFC. the inside scoop. Huh? Be honest with be honest. Don't lie to America. I really you didn't. Are, you are something you are Casey you and Casey Kenny are best friends. Isn't that true? Aren't you and Casey Kenny best friends? Or you and Nathaniel Wood are best friends. I'm not sure. You're best friends with one of these guys. You had the inside scoop. I didn't. We cannot Mike, we cannot lie to America. <laughs> Right. We cannot, I've done I've done it many times, but it's, this stops today. <laughs> this stops today. I had no inside scoop. Even even when it was thrown out there, I was I was taking the victory in stride, and then you know reaching out to both sides. I was like, oh, maybe I can't take the victory lap just yet because this fight hasn't even been offered to either of these guys. But luckily, it did, and now we're going to get it on October twenty fourth. So eight, the question is, AK, could lightning strike twice? What is your wild card selection for UFC Fight Island oh. Five? I thought you were going to go first, but I, I, I don't, I, I mean, I, I, I like this fight, this one I'm making, but this is, not, this is more of a, a fight I want to see than a fight that I expect to happen. Uh, I'm going, I got to go Chika Chikadze for my wild card, uh, a guy who I think is sorely in need of matchmaking guidance because he's in such a weird spot. He came in with a lot of hype, you know, great kickboxing background. Uh, he's 4-0 now in the UFC, but it, it's weird. I just don't think it feels that way to some people. Normally when a guy starts off 4-0, I think everyone's talking about it. He hasn't had a finish. That's a big reason, you know probably a reason that the UFC has also been kind of reluctant to showcase him but he's had very strong performances he was a dominant I think against Omar Morales uh he looked great in his last outing against Aaron Rivera uh, you know last second replacement but still uh, he won that fight handily against a very 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 uh, scrappy opponent scrappy undersized opponent um so I want to see I think <laughs> as cool as it would be to see him fight uh, Edson Barbosa I don't think I think it's way too soon, and I don't think that's a great fight for Barbosa. If I'm Barbosa, I'm not taking that one. So the fight I really want to see that I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily expect to happen. Uh, Herbert Burns. I, I think Giga Chikadze, Herbert Burns. I think Herbert needs you know obviously needs some rehabilitation after that last fight, and I think uh, Giga would be a really really solid test for him. I think he's certainly more well rounded, but I think Chikadze can make a, a little bit of a, a midi jump up the rankings if he beats a name like uh, Herbert Burns, and Herbert Burns could get back on track. If he takes out a undefeated, you know, four and zero guy in uh, in Giga, that would make sense. Erwin, he did fight Erwin Rivera and beat him, and I think Erwin trains with both the Burns brothers. So yeah, there there's what a storyline that was. Ak, I'll tell you what. When when this card was put together, my wild card pick was was set probably like a month ago, but then things changed because my wild card pick would have been Tracy Cortez versus Jessica Rose Clark, but. Jesse Jess is going to be out for a little while with an ACL injury. She needs surgery, so that can't happen, unfortunately. And we wish all the best to Jessica Rose Clark. And I know Tracy Cortez plans to move to 125, but I don't want to see that. I don't want to see it happen. And definitely not right now, because quite frankly, this division, 135, needs her. and needs her in a big way. And as of right now, I know she's only 2-0 in the UFC, I think she's a top 20 fighter in that division right now. Maybe, maybe she's inside the top 20. So 21 on my list. 21 on your list? I, I have just her. A, just to spite you. She's like, she's like 17 or 18 if we're okay. really looking at it. But all right, all right. 
I think, I, I, obviously, with all due respect, I think that shows maybe the lack of depth at 135 than anything else. So if the UFC is smart, they will do whatever they can to keep her at 135 pounds. So why don't we sweeten the pot a little bit, AK? Why don't we see what Tracy Cortez has got? Let's give her a top 15 matchup. How about we pair Tracy Cortez against another fiery fighter of the... Uh, of the bear persuasion. Tracy Cortez versus Julia Avila. You're welcome, world. I think that's a fun fight. Experience levels are the exact same. Avila has one more UFC fight, but you know what? I think this is a pretty good matchup. Avila's probably gonna have to take a small step back after the loss to Shajara Eubanks. She will get tested on the ground in this fight once again. Cortez is fine to stand there and bang with Julia. I think this is a good fight. I think it's perfect. <laughs> that's good that that's a journey I, I you didn't take that wasn't quite the journey you took us <laughs> check out the end of last week's episode by the way to see him he took us on a journey before making that kenny wood pick but perhaps the journey as we found out the, these journeys are worthwhile there's yes. a reason you go down these roads uh this was not quite as lengthy this wasn't quite a lord of the rings-esque uh, journey to mordor but uh it was a little trip it's like a little yeah. side, weekend side trip a little thing uh, th canadian thanksgiving uh it was trip. a day trip yeah yeah, uh, I love that matchup. The only thing is, they're both such likable people. That's the only thing is, I'd hate to see either of them take a loss. Julia Avila and Tracy uh, both so likable, uh, and and certainly two fighters that the UFC would want to push. But you're right, it's not, he's got these folks got to fight each other. Someone's got to win, someone's got to lose. A loss is not, you know, is not the end for either. It wouldn't be the end for either of these women, because um, I think it would be a competitive fight. Damn, that's a good one. Thank you. That's better than the Giga Chikadze Herbert Burns. That's a good one too, though. That's, I mean, that's I just, but it's just one I don't think is going to happen. I mean, it's one I'd like to see happen. I, I think the likelihood is low. But uh, this one, I could definitely see. Tracy Cortez, Julia Avila. Yeah. Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, into we got to keep her at 35. And to do so, we got to give her a bump up. Give her a top 15 matchup. Give her a chance to make some extra moolah with maybe a new contract attached to it. That's how you keep her at 135 and, and keep things going in the direction they need to go and boost this division up a little bit. Uh, any other listener thoughts that you're able to, oh, to several. find? Oh, all right, let's several. hear them. I solicited, I solicited thoughts on our Twitter this time, and I remembered to actually look at them before doing our show today. So <laughs> we're getting better, guys. We're getting better. Uh, so uh, so uh, I had a couple of people agree with my uh, Yair Rodriguez suggestion for Edson Barbosa. So at Ashen Lingam, thank you. He said he just straight up said Yair. Didn't even mention Zabit. And then uh, at uh, Casual Eve, uh, Y-V-E-S, like Eve Edwards, Casual Eve, said uh, Zabit or Yair, Yair, amazing kickboxing matchup. So if Barbosa wants to wait, again, uh, should that fight presumably be matched up, I think we'd all love to see him fight one of those two guys. And uh, this is one, I think you've saw this, some people mentioned this one as well, I imagine. At Jedi Josh Allen, great, uh, great Twitter handle. Uh, Max Holloway. That would be one that I think would require some negotiation for both parties. I think you'd either have to talk, talk well, not Barbosa. Barbosa would take that fight in an instant. Uh, Holloway might take a little convincing. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Calvin Cater is going to be so pissed listening to this show. He's like these are both these are both guys I should be fighting, and now Edson Barboza wasn't even ranked heading into this fight. Is gonna no. is gonna take Max Holloway or or Yair Rodriguez? That's crazy. I mean, they could do it. I mean, Barboza's got a name, but I think that's, that's I don't know. I, I'd watch, obviously watch. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Uh, I like I like it. Do uh, I like it? And, and again, I, I said I I don't know if I'd, I'm calling it to happen, but. I think it's as likely as uh, what did I say? What's the what's the bull crap I spouted today? Uh, oh, I wasn't confident about any of these. Yeah, year or take a zombie. I, I'm not confident. I'm, I'm about as confident of those happening as a Max Holloway matchup. Um, 
Uh, Martin Tabora, uh, I did not get a lot of response for this, which I think shows you that we may have made the right choice in excluding him from our fix. But, uh, I, but he did win. He does deserve some recognition, at least one matchup. So uh, at uh, Dingo underscore Key on Twitter said, uh, Alexander Romanov, who has been rebooked to fight uh, Pizal, I think, right? Uh, so maybe the winner of that fight, though I think they're both... Yeah, actually, the winner of that fight makes a lot of sense. And then uh, Blagoy Ivanov, for who, some reason I thought they'd already fought, but I don't think they have. So... Blago Ivanov, very excellent choice. Very mediocre uh, heavyweight choice. Uh, <laughs> not mediocre in terms of talent, by the way. Mediocre in terms of the amount of hype that I think it would generate should that be made. Uh, any la- last Tabora thoughts before I move on to these last couple of reader sections? Nah, I think, uh, I- I think that, that, that does it. Giga <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chikadze, of course. Again, going 4-0. Oh. Uh, again, only a few responses to these. But again, I, I think that shows you people... He needs a signature moment. So we, you know, we we've thrown out our ideas for how he can get that. Uh, <laughs> very confused. And Ganu Rogan once at Benil Dariush, not even the same weight class. So uh, I'm just shouting you out, sir, to uh, shame you. Uh, Sadiq Yusuf or uh, at Gibo Gibo 27 G I B E A U L T 27. Uh, Sadiq Yusuf, of course, and then or Dan Ige. Like I don't know if he wants an immediate rematch or he doesn't know that they fought. So yeah, a little bit of, a little strange one there. And uh, and at Gugu to do uh, wants to see the Barbosa fight. A lot of us want to see the Barbosa fight. Just maybe not. Maybe not yet. Right. And uh, lastly, we got to end with Buckley. More Buckley talk. We got to end with Buckley. So, <laughs> uh, uh, however, however, the suggestions for Buckley were terrible. So finger shame to the reader for for, for messing this one up. In fairness, I think our my our uh, my tweet asking for suggestions may have been lost in the actual tweet of the knockout itself, and people watching that over and over again, and and wanting to live in the moment. So I shouldn't uh, criticize people. But uh, at Golden were three or I'm not reading this. If you put in numbers for letters, I am not reading out your name properly. Uh, a rematch with Kevin Holland immediately? No, why? Stop it. Okay, no, that's terrible. Kevin Holland knocked that dude out cold. You knocked I, him across the octagon. This is not happening. Uh, at do you even trade UFC? <laughs> uh, whatever the f he wants. He did not write f. Uh, he used the full word. But whatever the f he wants, that I, I, I can actually get down with. And then sadly, at one at one Mike Pod of the One Mike Podcast. Uh, just a little free advertising for you. Giving us probably the best suggestion by suggesting Shang Tsung from the Mortal Kombat video game series. So Nice. Yeah, so uh, that move was straight out, was a straight-up fatality. It was straight out of a video game, a martial arts movie, whatever you want to call it. So maybe Shang Tsung's the only one who can slow down Buckley after that knockout. But guys, readers, better job this week. We're all doing a better job, but let's can we step it up. Step up the matchmaking options a little bit. Come on. I do have a podcast comment to read, um, oh, a yeah. review comment. It's in. I apologize for missing this a couple weeks ago because this is sent out in September, September twenty seventh, um, from Sean seventy five kg. Said some matchmaking too, not just a, a five star review, but but a yes. matchmaking idea. He says, "quote Love the podcast." I was thinking of matchups for Diego Sanchez. And I oh. love the idea of putting Diego Sanchez in with Brock Weaver. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good piece of matchmaking right there, if we're, if we're being honest. It, but Brock Weaver, is about we, to, he's, gonna, he's not getting another UFC fight, is he? He might. They like him. He has the one win. That's a, It was a DQ, right? Yes. <laughs> and he was getting, they do like he Brock Weaver. Good, uh, they do like him. That I have him second last in my welterweight rankings. Uh, 
I, I, I don't like that for Diego. I mean, matchup wise, I get. Oh, it's two super intense guys. I'm gonna go in there. It's like if it's the last fight a- of his. What if it's like the last fight of his? Like we just like I'm gonna do one more fight, and they Ooh, give him like Diego. the favor. They give him like the favor treatment. He's fighting Conor McGregor on his last fight, obviously. Oh no, God! So we all know that's happening. So why are we even discussing Brock Weaver's not even in that in that sphere? Uh, it is a very cool suggestion. Thank you, Sean yes. seventy five kg for the suggestion. Uh, I, I am not down for it at all. But uh, then again, I'm I'm known for being wrong about many things. So maybe my lack of an endorsement might be <laughs> might be in your favor, sir. It's better but, than Jake uh, Matthews. It's better than a lot of possible matches. I'll, I'll give you that. But I still think we can do better, Diego. Let's get those Legends matchups going. Let's not uh, have them against Brock Weaver, who, by the way, I'm not confident we'll have a UFC job by the end of the year. With right. respect. And, of course, you can give us your matchmaking thoughts. Uh, you can do so Everywhere. on the podcast feed if you'd like, and we'll read yes. it out. And hopefully I'll, I'll keep track of that. But uh, you can hit us up on the Twitter. He is at Alexander K. Lee. I am at Mike Heck underscore jr so hit us up we love to hear from you wonderful listeners of the program as we put a bow on matchmaking for ufc fight island five join us next week as we take a look at the aftermath of ufc fight island six headlined by brian ortega versus the korean zombie fascinating fight at 145 pounds where one fighter will likely move on to fight for ufc gold against alexander volkanovsky while the loser of that fight could be in a little bit of trouble in this loaded up featherweight division. So a lot of stake, a lot at stake here in that fight. Another sneaky good card from start to finish. And uh, looking forward to discussing the aftermath of that card with you, AK. This isn't sneaky good. This card is just good, good. Yeah. Uh, I think, again, I, I mean, every card's a little sneaky now because we barely have time to look ahead because uh, there's cards every week. But uh, I think anyone, I would say, people check, rush to Wikipedia or Tapaz or UFC.com or ESPN, whatever, or our site, of course, and uh, whichever site you use to look at the schedules. Because when you look at it, you're like, holy, how did this card like come out of here? This is a like this is a really good card. I don't see this one coming. I, I am very much looking forward to matching up a lot of these names next week. I'm just looking at There's like ten, literally 10 names. Uh, depending how they perform, I feel like, yeah, like it's, it's getting my matchmaking juices flowing. Yes. The go-home show for UFC 254 on October 24th. So I am excited. It's like one of those It's one of those cards where it's like it's one of those nighttime cards on Saturday. And we're like, all right, when this is over, we know that next week we're going to have like an afternoon slate. Like by like 7 o'clock at night, we're going to be done. Like we're going to be done. I cannot wait for that to happen. But uh but that'll do it for this week's show. For AK Lee, I am Mike Hack. Remember, don't they don't take this too seriously. This, like MMA in general, is supposed to be fun. We'll see you next Monday, right here on On to the Next One, the podcast. Happy Thanksgiving to our neighbors up north. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, Mom. No. <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. 
Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.